This is Umlilo from South Africa and you are listening to Burn Radio Rabe. This is Ali Gulpeer from Pakistan and you're listening to Radio Burn Rabe. Let's start with Ali Gulpeer. Yes. Um, was it difficult for you to come and visit Switzerland for a pop music conference? Oh yes, it was very difficult. We um, started preparing for the show around... Uh, for the visit around uh, six, five, six months back. And uh, the visa process takes a lot of time. And then obviously I didn't, obviously, but uh, it was very difficult to get the visa. So I got denied. And then we had to file an appeal here uh, at the Secretary of Immigration. And then finally four days before uh, the, the festival, uh, the conference, we got the visa. And then I had to go to another city, to the embassy, get it and then I gave me the wrong visa and then I had to go back so yeah it, it's it, it's been a long journey that's why I'm really happy uh, that I'm here and I think uh, that's very important the globalization of art uh, that we should come and speak about our art here and then people from Switzerland should come to our countries and 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 educate us from uh, about their art in that case, South Africa is a little bit lucky because Switzerland has the Arts Council of Switzerland, Prohelvetia, has an office in South Africa. So it's easy for Swiss musicians or for Swiss artists to go to South Africa. What's it the other way around? Was it difficult for you to come come here? Um, it wasn't actually as, as, as difficult as what Ali had to go through. Um, and it is sometimes surprises me because it's, you know, there's certain places that... You, when you go there as a South African, it is quite difficult, you know, like England is one of them. But in terms of um, the Swiss and the South African exchange has been going on for a while. Um, and, you know, I've been lucky to have even worked with um, organizations like Pro Helvetia and um, Swiss artists that are coming to South Africa and have this sort of cross um, collaboration. So I think it's those type of things that like, you know, make it easier to have these exchanges where we just open up the the conversations between countries and between artists as well. How difficult is it to bring your music to Europe through digital digitalization, like South African house music, Kwaito, has arrived on certain dance floors in, in Europe? How is it for, for South African pop music to 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 get out of South Africa? I think it's become a lot easier with the internet. Um, you know, I think if 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I would have had a different answer to that question because, you know, music sort of stayed in one little box or in one country or one area. But the internet has really opened up where your music can go. And I've found that, that the, the reason why my music has actually like been able to be listened to all over the world is because of the internet and all the different platforms that I use to distribute um, the music. So the music itself getting to uh, places like Europe, I think is very easy. It's a click of a button. But for the artist to get to that place, you know, if I f find out that, oh, my music has been listened to a lot in Germany or Switzerland, you know, it's it gets quite difficult to figure out how then do I plan live shows around that? Um, so it usually includes a process of finding bookers and promoters from this side who are willing to, I guess, take a risk um, 
in terms of getting an artist who's sort of relatively unknown. Um, but it's happening a lot more. Like I'm seeing a lot more South African artists um, performing in Europe. Um, I've been lucky enough to also be performing on this side of the continent. And I think that's changing a lot. You know, there's a lot of artists that are doing actually quite well in Europe that are South African that have either decided to spend maybe six months here touring and then six months back home. There's a huge difference between the seasons as well. So, you know, from the other side, it actually makes sense to want to tour in Europe in summer because we usually have winter and things sort of slow down. So, you know, in that way, it could be a really like amazing and lucrative uh, way of exchanging music. How is it uh, for you, Ali Kulpir? For Umlilo, it's it's nice. He sings in English and uh, a lot lot of the time, and so people understand it. Uh, for you, singing in Urdu, um, you have maybe a crowd in Great Britain, but in other European countries or in the US, it's more difficult. Can you also do tours over here? Uh, so yeah, the language barrier is there, uh, I think. Uh, but you know, my music has always been about uh, social issues, right? So I think I think uh, right about now, I'm getting to the point where Like I, I'm, I'm working on a song on the refugee crisis, and it's like a satirical song about this person who, who doesn't want refugees in his country. Um, so, so I think uh, I need to now, um, now more work that I'm doing. I'm realizing that I need to pick on global issues and maybe do music in English now because uh, I've spoken about a lot of issues in my country. That's why. The TV doesn't play my music there in Pakistan because um, I, I talk about the government and and lot of powerful people there. So and you, so internet's been my key. I mean, my first ever song that I made uh, got six million views in Pakistan, which is a big deal in Pakistan. Uh, that that hasn't happened before, and that was because the TV wouldn't play it, and everybody could relate to it, but they couldn't really. Um, watch or listen to it on the radio or the TV. So I think I need to now go on picking different things. Like I think I really feel strongly about the gun control. You know, that's something that uh, in the West is, is a big issue. Uh, so there are a lot of global issues that I think now I will uh, be talking about. But yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to have a base, uh, a fan base when you're Music is in Urdu. It's very limited, of course. So, yeah. Alikul Peer, your music is very satirical often. And the nice thing is with uh, subtitles on YouTube, we can watch your clips and we get subtitles and we understand what you're talking about. And sometimes it's hilarious. Yeah. And you remind me a lot of, of artists around here as well who have a same similar kind of humor. But the difference might be that in Switzerland, when you do this kind of humor, you might get some ugly responses when you uh, when you offend somebody, which is part of satire. Uh, but in Pakistan, you probably get death threats, and yeah. uh, death threats also mean that actually somebody could come by and, and shoot you. Yep. Are you not scared? Uh I think uh, the first song that I did, I didn't consciously try to uh, piss people off. You know, I, I, I was just making a joke. And, and the, after the first song released, I got a lot of death threats by political parties and certain um, communities. 
and they thought I was making fun of the country or the culture and I was actually making fun of a certain mindset you know uh, and and I feel like satire is fun is is positive when you're making fun of the oppressor you know it has to be uh, it you can't be making fun of uh, someone who's already oppressed you know uh, so so that's what I've been uh, aiming to do but yeah uh, I think uh, uh the people of pakistan are slowly understanding satire and and the death threats i used to get before in my first song i don't get them right now like my latest one of my latest song was about extremism um so i also have to play it smartly right so i i made fun of both liberal extremists and conservative extremists um so i didn't make fun of the fundamentalist straight out because that would probably get me into a lot of trouble uh so you have to uh you know balance it out play it very smartly in pakistan if you want to do satirical music it's not as easy as uh switzerland uh you can you can get into a lot of trouble um lilo when i look at your videos that i can see here as well easily um i see you you play around a little bit with with gender stereotypes uh questioning sort of male or female st stereotypes um how dangerous is that when you do that because this is also political yeah. and mm, some people don't like that kind of playing around with gender Yeah, it's always interesting, you know, um, when we speak of like different dangers, you know, a lot of my work, sometimes depending on the song um, or the material, sort of critiques or at least explores an idea. And the through line, I think, throughout has been um, playing with gender, you know, which is something that's so natural to me, but might not come as naturally to other people. And in my country, we have um, sort of masculinity in crisis, I think, um, where a lot of the abuse comes from this weird masculine identity that people are grappling with. So part of that, part of playing with gender is also allowing um, masculinity to be soft, allowing masculinity to have femininity, allowing society to free itself in a way from these bounds that we've put onto ourselves. And it's something that's very difficult. Like, um, I do get people who don't understand it, who don't like it. But at the same time, I think those people maybe don't like or understand something within themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's such a necessary thing to go through because if they see me exploring myself and and exploring my not only my sexuality, but the gender spectrum, which, you know, gender is a spectrum. And what's really frustrating, I guess, for me is that culturally, in terms of like African culture, there's historically there was a space for this gender spectrum. And through colonization, the space became smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. So we ended up adopting very sort of Western ideals of gender and becoming in the same place as a lot of, you know, Western countries that are now sort of also freeing themselves from these gender stereotypes that they've put on themselves. So for me, part of my work as an artist is not only to rewrite um, history in that way, but to be able to, to 
to help people free themselves whether and and realizing that if they free themselves they free like everybody can be free you know it's not just one person's oppression if you get rid of one person's oppression you could also have this kind of freedom where you get to be who you want to be without society sort of dictating who you should be you know nowadays sometimes we have the feeling at the moment that The, the the world is closing it's it's uh, you have people like trump you have more nationalism at the moment uh, in europe right wing uh, governments getting into power and um, pop music is a global phenomena do you think with your music or pop music in general you can change the world towards a better and more open minded direction in the near future <laughs> Um, you know, it might sound so naive, but I do. I really believe for me, even growing up and for, for people around me, music had such a huge impact of who we became and how we were molded into society, whether it was breaking, <clears throat> sorry, breaking down boundaries or, or self-actualization. Music had such a huge part of that. Um, I grew up with a lot of like American culture that was adopted in the country and, I saw the parallels between the American struggle and the South African struggle, especially in terms of race. And that also helped me and a lot of people in my country using the music, even music like jazz from way back had started inspiring people to find their own voice in Africa through these mediums. And through that, you know, in, in historically in my country, music was such a important part of the struggle of, of fighting against apartheid. A lot of artists who weren't even allowed to, to be in the country were out in the rest of the world talking about the struggles, but also sharing this music that was coming from South Africa. So I can't help but think music has this weird power of connecting people because it's the one thing that doesn't have you know that doesn't have the boundaries that we put on everything else you know music is something that i think anybody can tap into from a little child who's one years old to somebody who's like 70 years old and has had this life music can be a really great bridge of trying to have these conversations and and also really critiquing and looking at our world um, whether it's in a satirical way whether it's in more of a serious way or in a fun playful way it's something that i think is very important I think uh, where there's hate that's increasing in the world, there's also love that's increasing. Where you have people like Trump, then, I mean, when was last time Byrne had a Pakistani rapper and uh, a South African artist come and talk on radio and perform here? I mean, these things are also happening. So, so uh, I think, you know, um, like the Me Too movement, uh, it's, it's taking place and it's growing and it's happening in our country too. And our country is very patriarchal. Uh, so, so, to, so for that to happen there and India and it's spreading. So there's, there's, where there's hate increasing, there's also love increasing, I feel. And at the same time, like I remember reading um reading a biography of bob marley and and he was doing a peace concert in jamaica and a day before the show he got shot um and still he went up on stage and he performed and somebody was talking to his team and his team was saying that you know the people who are making this world a bad place they're working 365 days at 
year to make this world a bad place. So the people who are trying to do good, they can't take a break. They also have to work 365 days a year. So I think, uh, you know, there's strong opposition for people like Trump and uh, um, many others, I think, you know, because love is powerful. Love is very powerful.